You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to MLB Extras, the Los Angeles Angels edition. I am Allison Footer, and I'm here with Rhett Bollinger. And Rhett, let's get right into it. It's 2019, so we're going to keep with the New Year's theme. And why don't you give me a New Year's resolution for the Angels? Well, I think the Angels would love to be a little bit healthier this year, right? Last year, we know the injuries were a big issue for that team, especially with the rotation and obviously even to Shohei Otani with his Tommy John surgery and even Albert Pujols with his knee injury. So um, I think this year, the Angels would love to have a year where they can actually have all their guys uh, be available and, and see if this you know roster is one they can compete you know, and make the postseason for the first time in four years. So right now, obviously, in the division, you know, the Astros are the heavy favorites. Um, but the Angels still could be, you know, a wild card contender. And I think that, uh, you know, even just getting into the playoffs would be a big step for this franchise because at this point we know they're trying to build a team around Mike Trout. And, you know, with two more years on his contract, you know, they got to try to find a way to convince Trout this is going to be a winning franchise going forward. And I think this year could be a, a big a part of that in terms of their future. Yeah, I think everybody would like to see Mike Trout into the postseason and they'd like to see the Angels actually win a game in October that Mike Trout is playing in. So <laughs> we will uh, keep our eye but there's a lot of work that needs to be done until then and i know that um one of our past conversations and of course i'm a very uh i'm very skeptical when it comes to the angels for many reasons one that they have so many pitching injuries over the past few years but also um, you know you really can't consider yourself a contender if you don't have any stability behind the plate because the pitching position is so important and then they signed jonathan lucroy and i know that you know he gets because he's had a lot of he's had several down years offensively, but I really am not too concerned about that. I love his presence behind the plate. Um, he did, I thought, wonders for the A's last season, and uh, so that could be a pretty big deal given some of these pitchers are going to need to be sort of brought along uh, methodically. And he seems to be a good guy to do that. Yeah, exactly. Like you said last year, he had a big role in that A's team. You look at that A's, uh, you know, pitching staff last year, and they didn't really have. Too many big names, a lot of guys and veterans that have been around, but and obviously a lot of the stuff with the opener and all that, but it just did a great job with that staff. He's always been known as a guy, a good pitch framer. Um, as you said, offensively, he's not the same guy that he was uh, even a few years ago. Um, that's not really their concern right now. They, they, you know, more than anything, I think Brad Osmus even said during the winter meetings, as a former catcher himself, this team really needed a veteran catcher to kind of lead this staff. Um, and this is the guy that kind of, you know, I didn't think they were going to go after you know, whether it was going to be real mood to it, they weren't going to trade the prospects for him. And I don't think they're going to spend the money for a guy like Grandall. So I think it made a lot of sense to get a guy in a one-year deal. There are a couple of guys out there. Martin Maldonado, their former uh, Gold Glove catcher, was also out there. He could have made some sense. But I think Lucro is a guy that's uh, been on some teams too, which does help, especially as a catcher. And I, I think that Lucroy is someone that Brad Osmus wanted. Osmus really did want that veteran catcher. Um, I think he kind of got his guy. So I do think that's a kind of a underrated move for them it's like it's not going to move the needle in terms of offense for the club but i do think for that pitching staff uh, it's going to be key to have a guy like that on the plate yeah let's to keep a, on the theme of, of starting pitching um lucroy will probably be working with matt harvey i thought that was a pretty good pickup for um for the angels i mean matt harvey sort of i, I think maybe redeemed himself a little bit when he was at the Reds in 2018 but i'm not completely convinced that he can um i don't know the, we don't know what we're going to get from him, right? But for a team like the Angels, that probably made sense that 
they kind of both need each other. Do you think that there's more work to be done to shape that rotation? Yeah, it's a good, yeah, good point, though. They kind of need each other in a sense. I think, too, Matt Harvey, uh, he likes to train with his, with, you know, Scott Boris's staff. Um, apparently last year when he was DFA'd by the Mets, he spent a lot of time in Southern California uh, before he got traded to the Reds about 10 days or so, kind of working out. I felt like he started getting things kind of back on track a little bit. So I think he likes the fact that he could not only, you know, work with the Angel trainers, but also have access uh, to the trainers down there in Southern California because we know we've had, he's had a lot of injury concerns, whether it was a Tommy John or the thoracic outlet syndrome or the scapula surgery. So um, at least he was healthy last year, though, with, with, with the Reds. And then, you know, ERA-wise, you don't know what you're going to get because even with the Reds, he, he pitched okay, but ERA was still, you know, 4.5. You never know that's going to translate to the American League. Um, the good news is the stuff is still there. He's still throwing really hard. It's just a matter of kind of getting back the strikeouts and just and, and just kind of being more effective, I guess, and locating his pitches better. Um, so it made some sense. It's a roll of the dice. It's a one-year deal. It's a gamble, uh, kind of like Cahill as well. Um, so, yeah, they could probably still use another starter. Will they go and get a guy at a multi-year deal? I'd be very surprised. I think maybe they could gamble on another guy with one year. But even that, I think more than anything, they're probably going to be more likely to go after bullpen help than anything. But um, I think they're kind of rolling the dice and some guys are – uh, one-year deal guys like like Harvey and Cahill, and we'll see how it works out, but it gives them some depth at the same time. Neither of those guys are guys that are, uh, you know, have, have avoided the injury bug in recent years. That's something the Angels are looking for. Uh, they didn't really get guys that are, uh, you know, big innings eaters. Yeah, uh, you mentioned the bullpen, and that's going to – I think it's kind of an interesting dynamic with a lot of teams. Um, like you you said in one of your recent articles, the Angels don't have a set closer, uh, but Billy Epler said there were three or four relievers on the roster who could be candidates to finish tight games. Um, as we move away from the importance of the designated closer role, even though I still think that not everybody can do that job um, – but I don't know. I guess maybe, you know, are relievers, do you sense that they're maybe buying into this, you know, the matchup thing a little bit more and not having a defined role and that could maybe work in the Angels' favor given how many candidates they have? You are right in terms of the fact that players have to buy into that for sure because I do know talking to players in the past and, and former closers with the Twins that players like to have a role more than anything, especially the closers. They like to know, hey, I'm the closer. I'm going to be in the clubhouse with the third inning. I'm going to drink my Red Bull, whatever you're going to do to get ready bullpen by the sixth or seventh inning and then you're going to close in the ninth you know you're not going to be used before that so you know hey i'm going to get ready everything i can for that one inning whereas if you know if you have a bunch of closures by committee all the guys are sitting out there in the bullpen don't know when you're going to close or you can come in there in the seventh inning the ninth inning obviously it's their job to get outs and you have to prepare yourself for that but obviously if, if you have uh, more of a routine and more of a set role i think it's a little easier to do your job sometimes um, but if you don't have that guy though that can be that lights out closer uh, maybe it makes sense though, to kind of just playoff matchups. And, and if you have a guy that's, you know, a lefty that can kind of face lefties at the end of the game, it makes more sense in terms of matchups than do it. But, I, you know, I can still see the Angels maybe go, going and getting a, a guy that has, you know, closing experience uh, still. But at the same time, I still don't see them going after, a, you know, a Kimbrel or a big name closer. I think it'd be another guy kind of on a one-year deal, maybe with some closing experience. Yeah, it's really amazing how things have changed really just in the last few years. And I think that even though I totally agree with you, they are creatures of routine. Um, they need to know what they're going to be doing. But I think that adjustments can be made. And to be honest with you, I think that the guys like to say that they, they need a, a role because of um, you know contract negotiations, quite frankly. And now that we see middle relievers that are getting paid very well, I sense that we may hear fewer pitchers um, really 
grousing about, oh, I don't know my role. It's like, oh, well, my role could be the seventh inning if I'm going to get paid like a closer. Sure. I mean, you see the next few years that happening, right? Absolutely. Same thing with the opener guys now, too. Are they going to get paid because they're not getting any real stats either? So, yeah, it's definitely true. I mean, they're paid to get outs. They can get outs in any inning. But I do think guys prefer roles. But you're right. Money is always a big part of it. And if you can rack up saves or, you know, uh, that's going to definitely pay you. But so are holds, though, too, I think. Teams are going to realize that, uh, you know, outs are outs. So let's uh, talk about uh, Shohei Otani to to end our conversation because I just I, I cringe a little bit. I've got my fingers and every toe crossed that everything works out for him, um, not pitching and still being a designated hitter. Um, Osmus said Brad Osmus, the new manager, said recently that Otani is not going to be ready at the start of the season. Um, I, what, what's going to have to happen for them to say okay? He's ready to be a hitter. What what do they have to see in that arm to make themselves feel like they, this this can be something he can do this year? It's a great question, and I think right now the big thing is he's going to have some uh, angel staff go out of Japan uh, this month here and kind of visit with him and see how he's doing. And then the plan after that is uh, he's going to visit with Doctor Alatrach out here in LA um, and kind of get a feel for where he's at in his rehab. Apparently, from what we heard at the winter meetings, he is a little bit ahead of schedule. Um, it's just going to be a matter of that, you know, structurally sound and able to do the right motions for that kind of thing. And I think we'll kind of take it slow at first and start taking, you know, batting practice, just swings, that kind of stuff, dry swings and kind of continue to build up, I think, until he's ready. Um, The good news is most position players in the past that have had that surgery tend to bounce back pretty easily, but obviously uh, they don't pitch too. So that's going to be the hard thing, I think, during the season too, is when he's, even when he's hitting, he's going to also be on the side, you know, doing more exercises on his arm and getting it ready to pitch too. So it's kind of unprecedented in that sense to have a guy that's going to be not only hitting, but also rehabbing his arm to try to pitch for the next season. So we've seen guys come back from Tommy John and do fine as hitters, uh, but they didn't have to worry about it as much as he does in terms of building back up that arm uh, to pitch. I I can't imagine we'll really see him in the field this year, just too much risk, even at first base. Um, So I think that there's a chance we could see him even early in the season, but I think we'll know a lot more, uh, by the end of January, once he kind of meets with all the doctors and they kind of get a, a real feel for where his elbow is and the, and the risk and everything else. But I, I do think that in terms of hitting, it shouldn't be an issue. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, kind of getting that arm ready to go for the for the next season. It's going to be, a you know, kind of a crazy process to be not only playing games and hitting, but also rehabbing on the side to try to pitch. So uh, it'll definitely be fun and very interesting to monitor all year for sure. Yeah, that's going to be one of the interesting storylines that's going to go on with the Angels all season. I just feel like, and, you know, I, I'm kind of putting you on the spot to see if you agree with this, but I feel like if Mike Trout did not have only two years on his contract left and they were desperately trying to get him to a postseason, I just feel like this whole process would be looked at it completely differently if there were no Mike Trout. Mike Trout was playing, you know, for a different team and he was never in this organization. I just don't feel, I feel like they're, they're, they're just um, going with their sense of urgency here. And it just makes me kind of uneasy. Yeah, I can see that too. I, I can definitely see the fact that there is a sense of urgency and there's more of a reason to get his bat in there because he is such a big part of that offense when his, you know, his numbers last year as a hitter were, really were incredible. He has a lot of power, great runner as well. Um, you're right. You know, they, they can't really afford to take it slow and let Otani take the whole year off from hitting two and miss an entire season because he means so much to them. And yeah, and then with Trout, they need, they need to win. They need to win these next two years. Uh, to convince him to stay, and uh, Otani's a big part of that. You know, he's he's the only other, you know, the big star on the team other than him. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And, yeah, if anything were to go wrong or any setbacks, you know, there could be some fingers pointed here and there on the way everything was handled. But um, at the same time, I mean, I think that, that you know, Alan Trash is a great doctor and very respected. 
Um, so I, I think they're going to listen to doctor's orders. I, I can't imagine they're going to defy anything from the training staff, but you're right. But I do think that it's going to be uh, very interesting to see exactly how it goes. If anything goes wrong, I think people are definitely going to be very curious to see uh, if the Angels did anything a little bit too aggressive there in terms of trying to get him on the field. Yeah, that's why they get paid the big bucks and we just sit and observe everything. So thank you, Rhett, for <laughs> thanks to everybody for listening to MLB Extras, the Los Angeles Angels edition. We will talk to you next week. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.